0: And the award goes to... I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Welcome to Basketballers. It's award season. All those terrible award shows that no one... Gives a shit about. But the awards that we do care about are the uh, NBA regular season awards. We're going to break it down today. This is all we're talking about. I'm going to run through the award categories and we're just going to dive right in. So, MVP, most valuable player, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, sixth man of the year, and the most improved player. We will start in backwards order. So we're going to start
1: with Most Improved Player of the Year. And just to be clear to people, this isn't some sort of backhanded compliment like, oh, this player sucked last year and now they're okay. This is like someone who generally takes a step from being pretty good to really good. So it's, it's a recognition of taking a a leap into the next level, not being like, wow, they really sucked last year. The other caveat to this is there are
0: some years where a player had a terrible injury and were maybe out for like 18 months or so, came
1: back and had a really good season.
0: That does happen sometimes. So
1: this is is certainly a feel-good award, not some sort of backhanded compliment. Absolutely. Because sometimes improvement categories are like, wow, they were terrible. So anyway, the candidates for most improved player. Christian Wood of the Houston Rockets. Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons, Chris Boucher of the Toronto or Tampa Bay Raptors, (laughs) Colin Sexton of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. So there are a few players in this conversation that definitely have
0: a shot. A couple we just wanted to put in there to shout out. So like Colin Sexton with the Cavs doesn't have a realistic shot at getting it just because the Cavs suck, but... But he's Colin Sexton is really good.
1: He's made an improvement from last Absolutely.
0: season. Absolutely. Um, another that probably will not get it, I would assume, would be Chris Boucher with the Raptors.
1: Yeah, kind of like Colin Sexton again. He's taken a a step forward. It hasn't been any any sort of like leap, but it's been a step in the right direction. So, shout out to them. They're so, making improvements,
0: right? But basically, the three that I think are in the conversation. Uh, so Jeremy Grant with the Detroit Pistons. Now, the Pistons are terrible this year, but the leap Jeremy Grant has made from last year with the Denver Nuggets being more of a role player to the star player of the Pistons and being able to consistently show that he can be the guy, at least on a team. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. It, it definitely and, – and he's showing himself to be a really good two-way player as well. Um, he plays really good defense, and he's obviously got a nice offensive game as well. So he's shown to be – to take one of the biggest leaps this year.
1: And kind of ironically, so Christian Wood left Detroit as right. a free agent. Jeremy Grant went to Detroit as a free agent. And they're both big men. I mean, Jeremy Grant's a, a four. Three, so four, four, yeah. yeah. Where C- Christian Wood's a four, five. Yep. So Wood's bigger. But still, not terribly like dissimilar players because they can both play on the perimeter. They can both kind of play down low a little bit. It's just kind of interesting that one left Detroit and one went to Detroit. And they're both in the conversation for Most yeah, Improved. Yeah, and Christian
0: Woods had a great year in Houston, but again, a team that sucks. Um,
1: yeah, and that's Jeremy Grant's in Detroit, too. Right?
0: So, the player that I would personally pick, if I had a vote for Most Improved Player, would be Julius Randle of the New York Knicks. Now, fuck the Knicks in so many ways, but Julius Randle's been around for, I think, seven or eight years now in the league.
1: He's been in the league for a little while, yes. Yeah, is- Started in L.A.
0: Uh, his, in- his career got derailed really early because he had a very bad injury his rookie season, which... Took him out for quite a long time. Yep. Um, he's bounced around, showed flashes of being a good player, but was never able to really consistently put it together.
1: Yeah, he, he's always had some, like, just kind of some mental blocks holding him back, honestly. He would just dribble with his head down, go into the lane, bang into some bodies, and try to draw a foul. And people just got wise to it, and it's just stopped working. But he's kind of reinvented himself this year. I'm going to have a hot take right now. Okay. I believe that if the new
0: york knicks were a top four seed in the east this year which they're not they're they're going to be a play-in team most likely so they'll be a seven through ten seed which is a marked improvement from years past absolutely if they were a top four seed i think we would be seriously talking about julius randall and mvp honestly there, he has been that good julius some, randall has been on fire because
1: He's, he he has been carrying that team there there's no question about that like you,
0: you look at the knicks roster on paper and you're like wait this guy who's been in the league and bounced around is on there and this guy who's been in the league and bounced around it's a bunch of it's a bunch of like Miss it's like the the Island of Misfit toys. <laughs>
1: All these players who have bounced it's, around to a bunch of different teams. Well it's really Tom Thibodeau's Island of Misfit toys. Yeah, it really no, it's <laughs> kinda every team he coaches, but Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Julius
0: Randle has been the guy and he's he's willed them to so many wins. His ability to close out games <clears> is huge
1: huge oh and he just added an outside shot like he's always had a jumper but it just hasn't been reliable it's one of those shots where if you're a defense and the shot that you force the opponent to take was a julius Randle mid-range you're like sweet we won that defensive possession
0: and now he hits threes and you're like fuck
1: now we got to guard him out there yeah yeah no he's he's improved his game in a lot of different ways too and he can i mean dribble around and he's making assists like he used to never pass the ball he just, like I said, he just barrel into the lane, just eyes down and throw up a shot. Now he's driving around, setting up teammates, making assists, taking open shots.
0: He's it's... a completely different player.
1: Yeah. it's So that's why I think he's most improved. <clears throat> he's, because he's shown flashes in his career,
0: but like Paul said, has had just some blocks and hasn't been able to put it all together. And it's like he came out this she... year and was
1: like, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Julius Randle. I play basketball for a living. Watch yeah. me
0: play. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's an off season thing. I haven't I haven't read anything I mean, about that. It's
0: awesome, honestly, that it's like yeah. one season he's oh, Julius Randle's been in the league, he's gonna bounce around and maybe have a ten year career, maybe. To well shit. We need to worry about Julius Randle now.
1: Julius Randle's a problem. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, it's so so a shout out. Shout out to Julius Randle.
1: Yeah. Fuck the Knicks, but shout out to Julius Randle. Yeah, fuck James Dolan especially. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to sixth man of the year. <laughs> I can <couldn't> remember what <laughs> our order was. <laughs> okay.
0: I'll, I'll do this one. So the uh, nominees for sixth man of the year are Shake Milton from the 76ers. This is really more of a shout out because yeah. he's not necessarily a serious contender, but shake Milton's been really good. He was like nobody. And now he's a, He's the sixth man for the Sixers. Sixth man for the Sixers. That's that, that, is kinda, that is kind of that is kind of tough to say. And they're the best team in the East arguably.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're the if you're the best team in your conference and you're the standout sixth man, you just kind of automatically get added to this award, which he should. Yeah, you know, we're we're talking about like who's the sixth man for the Bucks. Well, we don't really know. Who's the sixth man for the Nets? We don't really know. Who's the sixth man for the 76ers? Well, Shake Milton. Shake Milton. All yeah. right, Shake Milton's on here.
0: Uh, The other players I'll go through, then we'll talk about them. Montrezl Harrell of the Los Angeles Lakers, Joe Ingles of the Utah Jazz, and Jordan Clarkson
1: of the Utah Jazz. So the Jazz are leading the Eastern Conference, which is? The Western Conference. That's what I meant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They would also be leading the Eastern Conference, too. They lead the NBA. so I'm not tech.
1: I am technically no. Wrong. Technically, you're right because they are
0: leading the e- whole Eastern Conference in wins. I hate to say it, that's kind of wow. Paul, but yeah, they are technically leading the Eastern Conference.
1: Because thank, thank you, Paul, for backing no, me. Up. No one in the Eastern Conference has uh, but as many or more wins. But they're leading the Western Conference, and both Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles have been very impactful when they're on the floor. And it's this is it's actually going to be I think a closer race than people think, because Clarkson gives them a lot of scoring. He's the offensive powerhouse. This is what a lot of six men of the year candidates are. It's the Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, Lou Williams. A player who's not known for their defense or really passing. They're just known for scoring. They get in there, they score twenty points in twenty minutes, and then they're out of there. You know, but they're they're sort of there just to hold down the fort when the star point guard is off the court. And Jordan Clarkson's been doing that. And he's been nice. I mean, he's scored a lot of points for him.
0: And especially a team that's as defensive-minded as Utah, he's been necessary and super vital to that team.
1: Yeah, because they have a lot of players who don't create their own shot, and he's been setting them up more, too. Like yep. He's he's sort of added that dynamic to his game.
0: And I hate to do this, but I kind of have to give a shout-out to Jordan Clarkson because he's been really sloppy up to this point in his career and has made a lot of mistakes and has been kind of one of those just chuck-em sh- sloppy players.
1: Shit, should we have added Jordan Clarkson to the most improved player? Yeah, maybe too. Maybe. Yeah, he could get both. Now that we're talking about um, this,
0: honestly, I would compare him like previously to more of like a like a Nick Young in previous years. Okay. Okay. And now he's more like a Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford type player. Yeah. Which are, I mean, if you're those players, you're really good.
1: Yeah. So absolutely, like you have a place in the league, and it's it's one of those things where it can be a little tough to swallow that sometimes if you're the sixth man because it's you're basically accepting you have some limitations you know you're you're a firefighter so to speak but he's a
0: sixth man who every team in the league when they play are like is Jordan Clarkson gonna score 40 on us tonight because he could right he's he's one of the few players like your Jamal Crawford's in the past and like your Lou Williams that is he gonna score 30 40 50 yep. Jamal and, Crawford put up some 50 pointers in his career
1: and the luxury too is if let's say a Donovan Mitchell gets hurt Right. and you want to slide, you know, a Jordan Clarkson or a Joe Ingles, since they have the luxury of two of these candidates, into that starting role, you don't really lose as much as other teams where it's like, well, we lost our shooting guard, and now we're just doomed. And I would say that the
0: Utah Jazz have, I mean, so we can talk about Ingles for a second. Joe Ingles is just, he's he's their primary ball handler off the bench. Um, he guides the offense.
1: I love me some Joe Ingles. He's, yeah. He's slow-mo without being quite as slow as slow-mo.
0: Yeah. Kyle Anderson is
1: slow Kyle, Kyle An- um, Shout-out to Kyle Anderson. Joe,
0: Joe Ingles handles the ball. He's a smart player. Plays good defense.
1: And he's and a spot-up three-point shooter. He is
0: one of the most efficient shooters in the league. Based on advanced stats, his effective yeah. field goal percentage is, like, top five, I
1: think. In true shooting, too. Yeah,
0: he and Joe Harris of the Nets are, like, the two really
1: good shooting white guys this year, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's that award in this <laughs> award show? Their award is that they're white. There you go. Congratulations.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's – I think the Utah Jazz, I, I'm not saying they're the most talented team in the league as far as players because there's other players who are more talented than – Like we, but still they, LeBron, we still have LeBron. But I think – They I still think, have
1: really good roster construction from one through eight.
0: Well, so I would say one through seven for sure, they're the best team in the league. Like, they are they, yeah. are they are the strongest roster, one through seven, for sure. I mean, Probably one through eight.
1: Because Niang's been good for them, too. That's
0: true. It does drop off between Clarkson and Ingles and Niang. It does. But do you know how many other teams would want...
1: I mean, having both Clarkson and Ingles on your team, coming yeah. off the bench? It's not like, shout out to George Niang, Iowa State boy. Yeah, Iowa State boy. It's not like he's been bad for them, either. It's not like you're like... Oh God! Jordan no, he's Gang. also a player that a lot of contenders would like to have
0: on their team. Yeah, I'm just saying exactly. it's. I'm giving credit to Joe Ingles and Jordan yes. Clarkson because they're yes. so good. They have been, and it shows how good they are that they're both being considered for sixth man. So, I would probably. So, oh wait, we haven't. There's one more player to talk about, uh, Montrez Harrell from the Lakers. Yep, he won last year with, with the, the Clippers,
1: Clippers, the other LA team.
0: Look, Harrell is a beast, and I, I think it's one of those things where. It's like the whole. Some people think LeBron James should win MVP every single year because he's always so good. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Montrezl Harrell because he's been so good this year, especially with LeBron and Anthony Davis out. Um, he's just a really good offensive player. He's a four-five. He's their he's yeah. their center, but he's small. Yeah, he's um, an
1: he's an undersized center. Which basically, if he could shoot, he would be a four. But he yeah, can't yeah. so he's a five <laughs> yeah he, but
0: but his game around the rim is insane I mean he, is, yeah, he his offensive game is absolutely insane and it's pretty unstoppable
1: and a lot of honestly a lot of it's hustle yeah. like he just out hustles everyone which is kind of crazy to say about NBA players but his motor is just cranked up to like 110 percent which is part of why hes a, he's a six man because that that sort of spark is better in short bursts. Right? Absolutely. You can't, you can't burn at 110% for 35 40 minutes a night. But 20 minutes a night? Absolutely. It's a great spark to right there.
0: Yeah. Uh out of these players, I would probably say if I had to make if I had to make my pick, I would probably say Jordan Clarkson. Um it, it, Joe Ingles Look, Joe Ingles is great. The advanced stats love Joe Ingles. Yeah, you know where I'm going. I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. I think Jordan Clarkson cuz I'm kind of almost meshing in a most improved type thing with this because I know it's not that category, but he's improved so much. And he, I, I think I think you lose angles and put a replacement player in with the Jazz, I think they're still close to the number one seed. I, I think Clarkson is so unique to the team because of their roster construction, because they are such a defensive-minded team. I think his offense is so vital to their success. That's why I think he's the sixth man of the
1: year. So what's happened with them is Clarkson came out hot. After the first two months of the season, absolutely Clarkson was six-man-of-the-year candidate, and he's just sort of held on to that. Whereas Ingalls started out slower, but his case has been more in the second half. So it's, just, it's sort of been a narrative thing. I'm going Ingalls. If I have a ballot and I have to choose one, I'm filling out Ingalls. Clarkson would be two, Harrell would be three. And that's, that's no shade on Jordan Clarkson. I think the impact, especially just the advanced stat numbers just they all favor ingles like he's just been really good he's not as flashy you know like clarkson does some cool spin moves and gets some nifty layups and stuff whereas ingles is like hey i made the pass to the open guy and they made a three i don't disagree with that but where like with your logic i where i would
0: push back is i would say that look points per game is a pretty bare naked stat that doesn't mean a lot honestly like with all the advanced stats that we have it doesn't mean that much, but sometimes it does. I think in this case, this is why I'm picking Clarkson because I think in- I think and look, it's one A one B. It's it's pick your poison, right? Right, right. I'm- but I just I think I think I like Clarkson. I think I give him the edge over Ingles because Ingles is a look. Ingles is a more sound player. He's a more efficient player. I think he's probably a bit of a smarter player, but. Jordan Clarkson's game fits in so well with Utah because they need that
1: scoring punch and he gives it to them. Hey, you'll know when I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at you. No. So I mean I, I give a ing- fair disagreement. I give Ingles an edge, but it's not like I'm Brian Windhorst over here. <laughs> you're we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a little bit. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, all right, moving on to the next category. Did we say defensive? Yes. All right. (laughs) We should have ranked this. Defensive player of the year.
0: Well, really, we should have done that before we said it. But, okay. (laughs) Okay, so the nominees for defensive player of the year are Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm just going to give a quick shout out to Kawhi Leonard because he's not being talked about at all for Defensive Player of the Year, but he's consistently one of the best defensive players he's in the league. The Clippers are top three seed in the West, so he should be talked about.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kawhi, He's
0: so good on defense. It's, again, it's like the LeBron MVP thing. Kawhi is so good on defense that it's it, just, people kind of forget about him. They're like, yeah. oh, wait, yeah, he's really good.
1: But absolutely, if you're like, who do I not want to be guarded by? Who are the top five wing defenders who I do not want to be guarded by? Top three even. Like Kawhi is up May- there. Maybe top two? <laughs> it, I mean, as far as wing defenders, yeah, it's probably him and Ben Simmons. Yeah. And then there's kind of a kind of a little drop. Yeah. And then honestly, it might be Paul George after that. Yeah. So Clippers might be scary. But hey. whatever.
0: Whatever. So shout out to him. But um we're gonna talk about some. Three players in the East and one in the West. So, look, Rudy Gobert's probably
1: going to get it, I would think. I would think so, too, just partly because, like we said, the Utah Jazz have the best record in the league, and a lot of times that's what counts for awards. Well, and they're also one of
0: the best defenses in the league, and he anchors it. We've yep. talked about him before on the show, so we don't need to go into super detail. But Rudy Gobert's impact is so great on the defensive end, he basically players don't want to go into the paint because he's such a dominant force. Yes. And that impacts a
1: ton. Yep, and Defensive Player of the Year isn't as stat-heavy. A lot of it is just sort of watching the game and noticing what's happening. So it is, this is a little more of a feel category. It's tougher to argue one way or the other.
0: Another player that's similar to Gobert would be Joel Embiid with the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. The big knock on him, and we'll t- this is a foreshadowing to a different category that he oh, is in, yeah. is availability, like Paul talks about. Availability is a skill. Absolutely. So he's been injured a lot this year. But uh, Joel Embiid is one of the best big men defenders. Again, he – I mean, you go into the paint with Joel Embiid. He's a shot blocker. He's a dominant force down low. I, I don't oh, really yeah. know what else to say, but he's one of the better Oh yeah. defenders. Probably as far as centers go, it'd be – I don't really know what order, but it'd be go bear, Joel Embiid, and then probably Bam from Miami. Be top three defensive centers.
1: Yeah, just as far as intimidation yeah impact maybe yeah. you could say yeah <laughs> which again there is no advanced stat for intimidation although that'd be kind of cool i love it another player from the 76ers is
0: ben simmons so where ben simmons gets i think the nod here a lot of people think he's gonna win it which he might there there has been some media push for it he's one of the most versatile defenders if not the most in the league he's a six i'm using kinda, air quotes point guard yeah kind of a point guard. forward um, he's they basically took the LeBron prototype and kind of put him exclusively at point guard, which works. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons, but he can guard every position he's now. A, he he's can't a guard, very interesting player. He can't guard bigger fives as well, but he's not ever really asked to because of Joel Embiid, right? But he'll be—I mean, one through four, he's yeah. guarding the opposite the opposing team's best player. So that's where I think he gets the the praise or whatever is because he's consistently night in night out like defending the opposing team's and, best
1: player and doing a good job yeah, of it too yeah i mean that's the between him and Embiid; those are two reasons why the 76ers are projected to go far in the playoffs because they'll just shut the other team's likely two best players down and then, tobias harris is also a good defender and by the way i love he's Ma- not bad i love matisse Thibault. shout yeah. out to matisse yeah Thibel. he's really good he's arguably if he got minutes he might even be a better defender than Simmons. Hot take. Woohoo! Hot take. Burning hot. But dude, Matisse Thybulle is nice.
0: Yeah, no, the whole. Well, we'll talk about Philly more because they're in. I think the other two categories we have. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, look, the other player that I don't think is getting talked about at all and should. So
1: here's. I've, I've converted Matt.
0: Here's the hot take, and this is my hot take. One of my hot takes for the night. I believe Clint Capella with the Atlanta Hawks should be
1: the defensive player of the year. Matt is an honorary convert to the Atlanta Hawks bandwagon. I mean, you know. That's right. Hit your ride. Wolves for life, baby.
0: <laughs> look, Clint Capella, what he is. Look, Rudy Garbert is amazing as a center, um, and he anchors that team defensively. But Utah was good last year on defense. And I also take, I think, again, it's like. What are you what are your criteria for the award? It's the regular season award, but what are you comparing it to, right? Right. So like the Hawks last year were one of the worst teams defensively. Now <laughs> they were garbage. Now they're like top third.
1: Yeah, well I mean so last year, Trey Young was always talked about their point guard. And he was always talked about as like the defensive liability and he's he and Bradley Beal are like the two worst defensive guards in the league and you can't win with guards like that. And oh you should, you know, You'll never win with Trey Young. Well, now, with a defense anchored by Clint Capella, his weaknesses are kind of covered up as much as they can be. Like, he's still not a good defender, but the rotation that he's in, they are the starting unit, at one point was in the top five defensive-rated units in the whole NBA. Clint like, Capella is... The reason that I think he's a Defensive Player of the Year is because
0: he didn't play for the Hawks last year. He's injured. They go from one of the worst...
1: To, to one of the best.
0: One of one of the yeah, one of the better.
1: Um, at, at one point it was one of the best.
0: Well, one of the best starting five for sure. Yeah. But as far as like total team defense, they're top, I mean, they're top in the top half for sure. Right. So moving
1: up like they 15 spots. They did not win games because of their defense last year.
0: And they are this year. So Clint Capella what he does is again it's kind of that Rudy Gobert thing but what i've noticed is first of all he blocks a fuck ton of shots yeah and he rebounds the ball better than anyone in the league he's averaging the most he, rebounds per game yeah, he, he has is, missed some games he is literally the league leader in um, rebounds <laughs> Rudy Gobert has more total rebounds but it's because per, he's per played game. he's he's played more games so um look i i think that capella what he does also is he alters a ton of shots and there's not a stat for altered shots. I think we've talked about it before on the show, but um, I've watched a lot of Hawks games this year, and he alters a
1: shit ton of shots. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about intimidation, we already talked about the, the top three. Miles Turner and Clint Capella are probably the next two.
0: You know, it's actually funny. I wasn't even considering Clint Capella because I was waiting to talk about him, but hot take right now, right here oh man i think clint capella is a better defender than bam Adebayo, okay. and i think he's more intimidating
1: i mean he is he is taller he is bigger
0: also he can block the fuck see block shots is a category okay and you can look at the numbers and say okay they block three shots a game or two and a half that's good but it's the way that people block shots clint oh, capella yeah. is emphatic in the way he blocks shots, and I love it. It's great to watch. <laughs> it's good basketball. All
1: right, quick quick side story. One time I was when I was balling in Atlanta, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> doing, doing my morning hoops. I I blocked I blocked a guy just like square, like palm on the ball. It wasn't it wasn't some fingertip feather block. It was like a volleyball spike. <laughs> and one of my teammates just goes, "Oh shit." <laughs> I never felt better in my life. That was, like, a highlight of my life right there. So. <laughs> was that it, the chase down block, Paul? No, it was. Oh, like, let's
0: talk about this. Like
1: you, Matt. Paul was playing. No, because I, anoth- I didn't make
0: contact on the an- chase down another block. Another time, Paul was trying to do a LeBron f- from the Cavs to. Hey, those. <laughs> but but those, those are intimidating, though. So, Paul tried to do a chase down block on some innocent middle-aged dude. <laughs> and wasn't he just like, what the fuck, man?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like this 50 year old guy And he's just like the fuck are you doing (laughs) Cause you know it's like 6am And I'm trying to like swipe this ball Off the backboard at the Y And he's just like Calm the fuck down (laughs) Way to go Paul
0: (laughs) Okay so look So defensive player of the year I'm gonna I'm not gonna call it a tie But in my head it's Gobert In my heart it's Capella That's what I say
1: I have really turned you into me This is amazing. Dude, Uh, Clint Capella passes the eye test like leaps and bounds. Yeah. Also,
0: I don't know why we didn't do this earlier, but Capella should also be a most improved player candidate, I think.
1: I think we – see, personally, I don't think so. I think – Good for you. I think he was really good in Houston, and now I think he's really good in Atlanta. He's better than he was in Houston, in my opinion. He impacts the defense more. He's on a team that better suits him now, for sure. Anyway – but we don't need to argue
0: about Clint Capella
1: <laughs> anyway if if I'm filling out a ballot right now I'm gonna put Don Gobert also he's just he's honestly kind of the easy vote yeah this is what it comes down to like I I kind of want to put Don Simmons too I may wake up tomorrow and want Simmons but right now like I think I, I give Gobert the edge
0: because he's just such a dominant presence I would too so yep no word
1: arg- no argument there
0: all right next category
1: the Coach of the Year.
0: Ow!
1: We have Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz, Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns, Steve Nash, the Majority Coach of the <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, Doc Rivers of the Philadelphia 76ers, and literally Nate McMillan of the second half Atlanta Hawks.
0: So we'll just shout out Nate, Ma- Nate McMillan first of all. You have to shout call out. him literally
1: Nate McMillan. Shout
0: out literally <laughs> literally Nate McMillan. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the the, <laughs> the first half coach of the Atlanta Hawks was a guy named Lloyd Pierce, who's a great guy by all accounts, wonderful human. But as we're
0: seeing as the season progresses, he was a terrible coach.
1: Not not the greatest coach for the team, right? I mean the the Atlanta Hawks were not good the first half of the season. They were underperforming. There were six games under 500, dude. And literally, Nate McMillan just kind of. A steady, reliable coach comes in and turns them around, and now they're the four seed. So Nate McMillan started his career in head coaching for the Portland
0: Trailblazers. Coached there for quite a long time. Um, I don't remember if he was fired or if they left on whatever terms. Did some assistant coaching and then got a job for the Indiana Pacers. They let him go last year, which really didn't make a lot of sense. People were super surprised by it. The Pacers just kind of cycle through coaches anyway. Yeah, they do. But he was like... I felt like he maximized that team's talent pretty well. Yeah, better than they are this year. Yeah, we were kind of saying um, that this year. So the the Hawks hired him as maybe associate head coach or something like it was, that. It was like
1: assistant head coach. It's, it's head head assistant. The, yeah, it's basically the sous chef. Right. And uh, so he was an easy successor for Lloyd Pierce. Yep. It was just. It was already. It was like, an insurance plan. Pulled him out of the back pocket. We're like, all right, this is our guy. But they're
0: like something like nineteen and seven. Which is really good. If you
1: extrapolate that into a whole season. And they were injured in the first half and they've been injured in the second half too. So it's not just like everyone got healthy and they've been coming back. A lot of it's just coaching. And I was listening to an interview with him and he's just talking about he's just slowing things down. He's like, We're just making it simple. We're doing like simple reads, simple defense, and it's working. So Sometimes you just take the easy road, and you and the players really buy into it.
0: Sometimes a coaching change is about the players' disposition. Trey Young, it, it the really star is. player of the Hawks, had a very it was a very vocal history of not jiving with Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, and
1: another player named Cam Reddish, who's yeah. been hurt for most of the year, but uh, just things like that too, just kind of added to it. So, yep. shout out to literally second half Nate McMillan. Shout out. So the other coaches, Quinn Snyder. We've already talked about the Utah Jazz quite a bit. They're in every category because they're leading the league, and that's just sort of what happens.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he he would be he has to be considered seriously because he because they're the number one team in the league right now. Yes, and have been all season.
1: Enough said. Monty Williams, this is this will be a little different because we haven't mentioned any Phoenix Suns in this.
0: Yeah, so Monty Williams is the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Um, he's been a coach in the league for quite a while. He Monty Williams has had a tough time. He lost his wife in a really tragic car wreck about four or five years ago um stepped away for about a year went back into assistant coaching um he's probably one of the more well-liked guys in coaching in the league yeah everyone
1: loves monty williams he's a good dude yeah i think everyone wants to see him succeed
0: um the players love him and look phoenix suns got chris paul and chris paul is fantastic and as we talked about before makes every team he's been on better but the phoenix suns were a bubble team last year they are the number two team in the West. And while they did add Chris Paul, someone still has to manage all those players.
1: And they, I mean, they went. And eight, they have to they execute. Went eight and zero in the
0: right in the bubble. Yeah. So someone had they have to execute, and they have to have a good game plan to execute. So you have to give Monty Williams some props. Um, Abs- absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's my that's what I have to say about Monty Williams.
1: So Steve Nash, eh. we we kind of debated having him on here because the Brooklyn Nets are really good. They also have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, who are. All amazing players. So, I mean, you have two top,
0: are you have two arguably top 10 players and three probably top 15, 20 at the yeah, worst?
1: At the worst, right.
0: At the worst, you have three top 20 players on one team. Yeah. There's 30 teams in the league.
1: Right. So, <laughs> and there's 15 see. players per roster. Yeah. So you're three of <laughs> the top 20. Like, you're just hoarding talent. Absolutely. But, yeah, Steve Nash. We talked about it before. It's just kind of weird because they're coaching by committee. There was some weird talks about that. It's well, not... and they have.
0: Some, I mean, Mike D'Antoni is his head assistant. Right. Come on. Like you have one. And, you and have a have... guy who was a very, very, very competent head coach in the NBA.
1: Yeah. Who, who is co- your who assistant? Who coached you in the NBA? Right. As your assistant. So, it's. It's you have to give them credit because they have a lot yes. of wins, but you don't have to give them the award, which I wouldn't give them the award. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of an honorary mention, a shout out, but the Brooklyn Nets are winning, so their coach gets recognition. Yep. Doc Rivers of the Philadelphia 76ers. So this this one's a little interesting because, you know, like we said about the Phoenix Suns, they added Chris Paul, who's a very good player. The Philadelphia 76ers didn't really add any impact players. They traded Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. Yeah. That was, like, the big splash. And yeah. they got Danny Green. Yep, But, I mean, those are good players. They're
0: rotation players.
1: They're not stars. Right. But they're, you're not like, well, they got Danny Green. Exactly. Of course they're amazing now. Yeah. You know, but he came in and he's been maximizing their talent. And Embiid's been hurt for a lot of the season, as we'll hear about again here in a moment. But, like. They're, they're playing great as a unit and he's Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are both having the best seasons of their career and kind of interesting is Doc Rivers was <clears throat> Tobias Harris's coach in LA and then Tobias Harris was doing great he got a huge contract from Philly he goes to Philly and then he kind of tapers off a little bit it's not that he was bad but people were like wait we're paying this guy how much money to do what and now Doc Rivers comes in again and it's like hey old friend what you doing He's like, oh, I guess I'm playing basketball. And Tobias Harris has been great this year. Like, no one in Philly is complaining about how much he's getting paid anymore. Doc Rivers is
0: obviously the Tobias Harris whisperer.
1: He he is. For sure. He is. But, I mean, that's great for them because they already have Tobias Harris.
0: Dude, and it's – so, I guess I'll just – I'll kind of spoil it. So, Monty Williams would be my number two, and I think it's close because I love Monty Williams. But I, I would give it to Doc Rivers because – Look, things went bad in L.A. Clippers last year. How uh, things ended with Doc Rivers, he was he was given by the players themselves, especially Paul George, asshole. Um, <laughs> they, they heaped a shit like all the blame on Doc Rivers. Which, when you're the coach yep. and things happen and you you blow a three-one lead, like you absolutely take responsibility. Right. And yeah, Doc they're... Rivers has done that more than other coaches in yep, history, which isn't good.
1: That that came up last year,
0: but. He went from his stock being down, pretty down, for a championship coach. His stock was down. People were kind of writing him off. Is he going to get another head coaching opportunity? He gets the the chance to take the reins in Philly, and he maximizes the shit out of it. Dude, so shout-out did... to Doc Rivers, man.
1: Yeah. I also got a shout-out, was it the RD Ambition video? Remember we was parroting Doc Rivers? And oh, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate all you guys. <laughs> if I hear MVP next to Kawhi's name... I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> that was a great video. And, and look, it's funny because we talk
0: about change of scenarios for players, like when when coaches when coaches come in to different teams, like the Nate McMillan situation. Lloyd Pierce doesn't go well. Nate McMillan comes in, the players respond. Yeah. Sometimes coaches respond better to different players. We don't talk about that as much, but in
1: you know, environments, owners yeah, like think. Yeah. There, there's other factors too.
0: Well, now you have uh, Daryl Morey over in Philly, too. So they're just, yeah. they're fucking around and gonna, I mean, they're gonna have, they have a contender. Oh, yeah. And it, it, what's cool about, so Daryl is the GM, and I'll, we've talked about him before on the show, but he was a Houston Rockets GM for a long time. One of the smartest basketball minds. Fucking crazy. And he's done some crazy shit with the cap. He's done some crazy shit with the different players he's brought in. Yeah. But he's an analytics guy through and through. And, he had some like pro-Hong Kong tweets last year that got him in some deep water with the NBA in general, but specifically Houston because they've been the most um, China-friendly team because Yao Ming played there back in the day. So that was kind of the big connection that got the NBA so into China. But um, they, in quotes, mutually parted ways in the offseason. And it's just kind of cool for Philly because it's it's kind of the... Or New York is like the Island of Misfit Toys. This is like the outcasts coming together to be like, you know what, we're good, fuck you. <laughs> so like Doc Rivers has a down exit, things aren't going looking great, goes to Philly. Daryl Morey has a down exit, things are looking great, goes to Philly. And they have a contender. If they're healthy, they're scary. I, I think they're the scariest team in the NBA, actually, in the playoffs, if they're healthy.
1: I mean, them. I really hope that they end up playing Brooklyn. I mean, the, if I had to make a prediction, that would be... Well, if they're in opposite sides of the bracket, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, if
0: they're healthy, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. 100%. Yep. I'm with you. So, And, and that would, probably a seven-game series.
1: <clears throat> that would be a great matchup. I'd love it. I just hope everyone's healthy for it. Yeah. Because there have been a lot of injuries this season. Let's go on to... Most Valuable Player. MVP! MVP! MVP. So, we're just going to start the list and work our way down.
0: Why don't we just... Okay, Let's let's start this way.
1: All right, fine. Um, I gave it my best shot.
0: No, you're, you're good. I just, it's it's going to be kind of crazy. So I want to do this in, in three, hopefully, short parts. First part is this, and it's going to feed into the second part. So the, the way that Paul and I do this is we believe that no matter how good a player has been, if they miss a significant portion of their season – Due to injury. And there's another player who has been just as good as them and played more games. Again, like Paul says, availability is a
1: skill. And this is judging you based on your skills. That
0: player should get it. So, it's no, no disrespect to any other players. <clears throat> nothing like that. But availability matters. If you have one player who plays 23 games and they just ball the fuck out. And another player who plays 70 games and they are about as good. You have to give it to the player who plays 70 games. Now, that's, yes. that's a pretty dramatic illustration it's not exactly what we have here but the way that the media is covering the mvp race right now is it's basically a two-horse race now lebron james has been injured for a significant amount of the season and he was probably odds on favorite earlier to win just because he was playing so well but the odds on favorite right now is nikola Jokic. Of the Denver Nuggets. He has been having... And by quite a... By a large
1: large margin. At
0: this point, it's not even a two-horse race. There are just people trying to make it that way for uh, drama, bullshit, optics. Something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. The talking heads on ESPN and Fox to talk about. Yeah. But Nikola Jokic has had... He's played pretty much every single game. He's had incredible stats. Denver has been winning at a pretty good clip. Um, Oh, yeah. So, I mean... He should win the MVP based and, off of those criteria. And
1: I mean, months ago when we did sort of mid-season awards, he was my MVP pick. He was also my number one player at the time. So it, yeah. it, So it's not like this is a surprise, like, no. wow, everyone else got hurt. And so I, I guess it's Jokic. Like, even when everyone else was healthy, it was a close race, but I still had Jokic at the top.
0: So who we just talked about, um, Joel Embiid for Defensive Player of the Year with the 76ers, he's missed a pretty good amount of games, like not a ton, but he's missed 15, 20 ish games, which is a lot. And especially a condensed season like this.
1: Yep. And the, the condensed season really impacts injuries. Well, I guess injuries really impact the short season, whatever, yeah. whichever way it is. Yeah. Because they're playing a lot more back to backs than they would in a regular season. And so a lot of times like Joel Embiid will sit out the second game of a back to back. Well, now your availability is only 50%. Sega, baby. <laughs>
0: Have you heard that term? No. <laughs> Sega Baba, second game of a back to back.
1: I thought you were saying Sega Baby, but just no, Sega really Beba. poorly.
0: It's one of my most favorite acrony- acronyms in the NBA. <laughs> Look ba- it up. Sega Baba.
1: <laughs> sort of advanced that madness.
0: S E G A B A B A.
1: I love I've it i waited this long to say it. I love it already. You've been holding that on me, uh, man. But I mean,. But that does impact you. Like, even if you play every minute of game one, which nobody does, then you're only playing 50% of your team's available minutes. That's the equivalent of being a twenty, what four minute a night player. Right. Which, do you expect starters to do more than that? Like, now you're in six-man-of-the-year territory for every... So, it just... It matters. And Jokic has been there. And he's been really, really good. And hey, look, Joel Embiid has been... Really, really good.
0: Talent-wise,
1: It's they're
0: the same, basically. I mean, they're not the same player. They're very different players. But they're equal in talent. They've had equally impressive stats this yep. season. But the big difference is availability
1: and playing time. And so, on that note, LeBron. And we had the talk earlier when we did our midseason awards that, like, is LeBron the best player in the world? Yes. yes. Should he get MVP because of that? We kind of debated that. But he's been hurt. And so he just won't be MVP anymore. And
0: Now, will he most likely be finals MVP if he can be healthy in the postseason? Probably. Right? Prob- he's, probably. He's going to come back and everyone's going to be like, well, shit, we forgot how good LeBron was.
1: Yeah. Why, if, why did we stop talking about LeBron? If you ask LeBron at the end of the season if they win the championship and they say, would you rather have the regular season MVP or the finals MVP? Finals MVP all day, every day. Every single time. Because that means you probably won the championship, and that's what really matters. You don't get an award for winning the regular season other than being the one seed. Right. But LeBron, he won't be MVP either because he's just been injured.
0: And it's interesting to me how the conversation has been more pitted around Jokic versus Embiid, and LeBron's not even in that conversation, really. I think it's big man versus big man, West versus East. Like, I think it's just that yeah. kind of, like, I don't know.
1: I'm, honestly, if, if you were to ask me who who the second player, like, in my ranked voting would be for MVP, it would be Steph Curry.
0: He's not my second player.
1: Is he your first player? Oh, let's hear the hotness. So I have a hot take. Hot. It's pretty flaming
0: hot. Look, Nikola Jokic will win MVP. I would put money on it, and he will be very deserving of that. Yes. But if I had a vote for MVP, it would be for Steph Curry. Here's why. Paul has talked about the stat, VORP, value over replacement player.
1: VORP. When you talk
0: about a replacement player, it is the average NBA player. So – Let's say for the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, who just got injured, is out with a torn ACL. Yeah, bad. Um, shout out Jamal Murray. Shout out Jamal Murray. So let's let's say that Jamal Murray is healthy for this exercise. You take Nikola Jokic and put a replacement player center. Let's just put what was it Mason Plumley back in there? Well, I was saying Zubac or Zubac. So, um, Ivan Ivancha, how do you say? Ivanka. Ivanka is his name I was gonna say that too but that sounds wrong like Ivanka anyway um Ivaka maybe Ivanka, yeah so anyway Zubac the center whose last name is Zubac for the Los Angeles Clippers he's a he's a he's good but he's an average center yes put him with the Nuggets replace Jokic right um the Nuggets are still a playoff team a lower seeded playoff team probably six through eight but they still have enough talent in my Estimation to be a playoff team in the West.
1: Yeah, especially after the Aaron Gordon trade.
0: Absolutely. So you take Steph Curry and you replace him with a... And I use George Hill. No res, no disrespect to George Hill. I love George, George Hill. George Hill's great, but you put George Hill instead of Steph Curry on the Warriors. I'm not... This isn't trivial, and I'm not saying this for drama purposes, because I, I love basically the worst team in the league. The Wolves. Shout out to them. <laughs> <laughs> the Golden State Warriors, without Steph Curry and a replacement player in his stead, are the worst team in the league. They are easily
1: the worst team in the league. They're they're worse than the Rockets because Draymond Green has not been that good this year. No, and Clay Thompson's been hurt. I mean, it's Klay yeah, Thompson a bad hasn't played a lick.
0: And frankly, they have the worst role players they've ever had. I mean, Andrew Wiggins, who I know well as a player because he played for the Wolves, uh-huh. he, he makes a lot of mistakes. Yeah. So does Kelly Oubre. What? Kevon Looney's gonna do stuff. No, yeah, James, James Wiseman? Wiseman. It's been bad. It's... Kent Bazemore is every once in a while okay, but he makes a lot of mistakes
1: as well. Also, yeah. fuck Kent Bazemore because yeah, he made a lot of mistakes, like not wanting a vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off, Kent Bazemore. Um, bad shots on and off the court.
0: That's the thing. They have they have several players who are bad shot takers, yeah. which is not like the Warriors at all. They're used to having these like. I mean, the Warriors of the past are calculated. Cold and calculated, they take good shots, they run a really like, tight offense, they don't turn over the ball a ton, they're like a really disciplined team. And now it's like a bunch of fucking shot takers, one-on-one iso bullshit. It's, and they're it's still going to most likely be a play-in team in the West, yeah. because Steph Curry has had a fucking bananas season. He's averaging the most points per game in his career. I didn't realize that until I checked it today. Which again, points He's, per game by themselves... Isn't anything, but he's averaging 31 points a game. He's chucking up 12 threes a game and making 42%, which
1: is very good. And honestly, he's already a living legend. But, like, if you can watch a Warriors game, watch a Warriors game or watch the highlights. I mean, you'll see, like, oh, Steph Curry is 44 points. Just watch that because it's incredible. Like, this, the stuff he's doing is it is definitely MVP caliber material. And look, where Jokic will get the
0: edges because his 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 advanced stats are so good, um, and he's never played this well in his career, right? So he's like taking a step up, and um, a lot of respect to Jokic. But you also got to give look. Steph Curry played hardly any games last year because injury. He's come out this year, hot, 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 hot.
1: And the problem with MVP is a lot of it is team success.
0: Yeah, and, and they suck. But again, where I look at it is team success, like. So what a lot of people do is compare team success to team success. I'm comparing what would happen if Steph Curry was not on that team. I'd, and it's bad. Yeah,
1: No, I, I do really like that take. So, look, Which, rewind the tape. My preseason dark horse MVP was, was Steph was, Curry. Yeah. But some, so I look at that. I look at that. What was a hot take kind of. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't even super hot at the time. What more would he have to do? to be mvp well that's the problem is that that's the flaw right is he couldn't do anymore he can't do anymore the
0: team is so bad they would they would have to do more and that's part of the problem with mvp in a way and i'm kind of contradicting what it, i've what i've said because i i do count is. wins i do count that kind of stuff but it's a team sport at the end of the day so right denver i mean this is an insane scenario switch Jokic and curry i know there's position issues okay yes switch Jokic and curry you imagine Steph Curry on the fucking Denver Nuggets?
1: Jesus Christ, man. He, he would get the MVP vote. Hands down. I mean, Jokic would they would be like, this is amazing, but you're also the ninth seed, and look what Steph Curry's doing over here on like the fourth seed. I just
0: think Steph Curry impacts winning more too. And I mean Jokic is look, Jokic is amazing, and it, it's not We're talking here's the great thing.
1: I love watching both of them. When
0: we have these conversations, I'm not disrespecting anybody. Like, I'll tell you when I'm disrespecting a player. <laughs> um, like, fuck James Harden is a good Because he's also, some people are considering him in the MVP conversation. First of all, I think he's missed too many games. And he also missed... Paul made this point earlier in, in one of our shows, and, I, and I'm and i going to emphasize it right now. He missed games with and, a previous team because he didn't want to play. That's bullshit. Yes. And that's a bad. That That, that should he, disqualify you from any
1: award. And he basically, like... He kinda, gave up on his team. He wrote off training camp. Yeah, he was just out partying, and this is like middle of pandemic, you know. Last chilling year. up Magic City, just chilling with, you know, the baby, the baby. Yeah, that was a whole thing, and he just quit on his team,
0: and like, and then he gets traded to the like a team with Kevin Durant. And he's like, oh, well, now I want to play. Now like, I want to play. How about like Steph that, Curry playing with Scrubs and being like, I'm going to play every single game.
1: And the thing, it seems like that was a long time ago. But that was this season. Yeah. Frankly, as good as he's been, you can't just write off like a tenth of the season, and just be like, "Well, I I guess that was it." And attitude matters to me too.
0: Like like I just said, like Steph Curry, he plays with scrubs, but you know what? He has fun. He loves what he does, and he gives it his all every single night. Right. James Harden does not give it his all every single night. He decides when he wants to. Have, when he, he decides. When it's beneficial for him to be on.
1: Right. So And he decided the Houston Rockets were not beneficial to him. And so just demanded a trade and kind of showed up and half-assed his way through it. Just collected the paycheck and went home. So, maybe next year he could be in the MVP race, but he's just... It's not even eh. in contention for me. Eh. But I... Jokic is going to get it. But I, I love Steph Curry too, man. So... We'll end
0: we'll end this with with this. So Brian Windhorst, who is an ESPN guy, he's known yes. for basically being like the LeBron James
1: whisperer, in, whisk,
0: uh, like basically LeBron James four one one, right? Yeah. He knows he's he's been tied in basically when LeBron James was in high school. Brian Windhorst, and I'll give him credit, had the foresight to be like, this guy's gonna be a star in the NBA. I'm going to put all push all my chips in. And I'm going to be tight with him and his camp. Yep. He started in high school, I believe. Which is also kind a little of creepy. weird if you think yeah. about it. Like but anyway.
1: If, if a grown man was trying to follow me around in yep. high school, I'd yep. be like, hello, police. Hello, popo. Chris Paul's trying to beat me up. Maybe <laughs> let's not use a black guy in police
0: right now. Oh, Yeah, that's a good point. Paul! Way to go, Paul. <laughs> uh. <laughs> quick shout out to uh, yeah man we don't need to get in this but uh, yeah police shootings are bad uh, police need to stop killing unarmed black and brown people don't kill a person at a traffic stop don't mace a lieutenant in the army because he's black And don't kill a fucking 13 year old in Chicago that's all I'm going to say black lives matter that yeah. was not a good example Paul love you. Anyway, um, what were we talking? About? <laughs> okay, so Windhorst, yes, creep. I-, I was gonna say more like stay five hundred feet away from the uh, high school there, Wendy. Yeah. So, but to his credit, he had the for- he had the foresight to be right about that. Yep. And so he's been tight with LeBron's camp, and LeBron and- has used him as a mouthpiece for years to be oh, able yeah, to get that- all this
1: agenda and different stuff out. And there's and that was always the annoying part right. is it's like, you know, it's sort of like when they interview the ref on on a. ESPN or something they're like hey did the ref get the call right and then the retired ref is like well of course the new refs got the rule you know they got the call right and just back him up yeah Wendy was like
0: yeah Wendy's like the LeBron defender on anything even when LeBron was wrong
1: yep it's just because he wants to be tight with his camp in order to be tight with the camp you can't go on national tv and disown them so so it it wasn't fake but it was also like you knew exactly what he was gonna say right
0: so but he's Brian Windhorst is is one of the premier basketball talking heads on ESPN, and he has a podcast. Him and Tim Which Bond temps the other day went rounds
1: and Tim McMahon. Oh yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah,
0: and so basically, long story short, Brian Windhorst was on this weird high horse, and it was the, it was strange because it was like he had a point, and they knew, and if you're if you listen to it. You know what the point he's trying to say, but he will never admit it's the point he's trying to make, and it's so it's, that's what got everybody pissed off at him, and they started like cursing him out, and were so pissed off because they're on, like, "Dude, just fucking, e-
1: just like say it on an ESPN broadcast." So basically,
0: These guys. So I think it was who who was which which one of the Tims was it that conducted the straw poll?
1: Um uh, McManus.
0: Okay, so he conducted a straw poll. Basically, it was an MVP straw poll, and overwhelmingly, it was Jokic. And Brian Windhorst was going on this thing about how he thinks it's atrocious and egregious that Joel Embiid is being counted out of the MVP conversation specifically because he's been injured.
1: That shouldn't matter. Da, my, da, da, da. my media brethren are my writing My media brethren out. are just so <laughs> wrong on this. He said, that. he
0: said media brethren way too many times. It's like, dude, I love Game of Thrones as much as the next guy, more than the
1: next guy, but chill out. Yeah, and he, he kept talking. He was like, Embiid has only been injured for 10 games. And then the Tims were like, uh, but he's missed more than 10 games. And even when he plays, he doesn't play, like, all of the available minutes. Right. And they were talking
0: about stacking Jokic and Embiid next to each other. And then they'd be like, Jokic should be the MVP. He's like, I'm not saying Nikola Jokic yeah. shouldn't be MVP. I
1: love Nikola Jokic. I love
0: Nikola Jokic. I'm just saying. I'm
1: just saying. And they're like,
0: what are you saying? You're saying that Jokic shouldn't be MVP. He goes, I never said that. And they're like, but you keep arguing that Joel Embiid should be. He's like, I'm not saying he should be MVP. I'm saying he shouldn't be counted out because he's like, it was yeah, the it, stupidest fucking argument I've ever heard. And, and I'm it, not really sure why he was dying on that hill. No, it was such a weird hill to, because, because what the Tims were saying was here's a straw poll. People think Jokic should be MVP. That's the take. Yeah. And then he goes, well, they shouldn't count out Joel Embiid because of minutes. And they're like, well, yeah, you absolutely should. What? What? And he just got all pissy and they, yeah, they kind of, I mean, the Tims
1: ganged up and cursed him out. And- like from minute one, they were like, all right, let's just beat up Windhorse for this. Like they knew what they were getting themselves into. They went hard on him. They, they did. But Windhorse, I, it's not even like some advanced status. It's not like they were bringing up VORP, you know, it was like the end all be all. And they're like, well, he's better at that, you know? And then Windhorse has some problem with it and is arguing. No, and they're like, he's played twice the minutes. It's not an advanced stat. It's a very simple stat. You count the number of minutes played. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. If I had two
0: if I had two heart surgeons who both performed open heart surgeries and one and, and they had the same precision, but one had performed 200 and one had performed 400, I will take the doctor who's performed 400 surgeries. Yes. Why? Because they've done it as consistently Twice. Well, as well, long. Sorry, they've done it with the precision yep. more consistently. They have a, a more proven track record. Yeah. That's it. Availability is a skill. Yeah. It really that's is. That's it. Yeah. It's not complicated. And that's the thing that was funny is that Wendy tried to make it so complicated and so dramatic. And
1: yeah. my media brother and I'm so disappointed. And yeah. it was like, I, I mean. We just, we can't go riding Joel and B now. We out can't. Because, because somebody had an unfortunate accident and ran into his knee and he missed 10 games yeah and it's like yeah that happens
0: I mean yeah like (laughs) Brandon Roy was an amazing player in Portland and probably would have been a top 10 all-time shooting guard if he would have been able to take off in his career and his knees died basically
1: and then the Tims, it were, happens. The Tims it were like, happens. but he has nagging injuries. Sure. He had the one injury where he missed 10 games, but he's missed more than 10 games over the course of the season because he sits out the back to backs as you're and honestly, that's
0: almost African more Bulls. of a credit to doc rivers and more of a bolster on his coach of the year resume to be able to say, even with Joel Embiid being injured, the 76ers are still neck and neck with the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Yeah. And having to nurse that and he's not going to be available for half the games. And when he is available, he's not going to be playing 40 minutes. He's going to be playing 30. Which, look, they have their eyes set on the playoffs. And that's a different story. We'll talk about that. We'll have to do
0: a playoff preview maybe next episode.
1: Once the picture gets a little more, you know, rounded out.
0: We could – well, then we'll have to do it like the day before because it's (laughs) going to be down to the wire. Yep, that'll be. um, Anyway, yeah, I – so, look, (laughs) Brian Windhorst. I'm not even going to say fuck Brian Windhorst. I just kind of feel sad for him. But he's just kind of a little whiny bitch. Yeah.
1: it. I will say, the that Hoop Collective podcast generally is not worth a listen, but listen to that one. Listen to like the first half of this. You'll you'll know what it is, because then they do a very sharp cut off and it goes into another discussion. And about And it's something like, oh,
0: else. by the way, when horses wipe away tears, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> anyway, um, it's worth it. <laughs> that's our show. So take for what you will our picks for the uh, for the regular season award winners. But that's all we have. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Paul. Thanks for listening to Basketballers.